It says in verse 6, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it out on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. Turn to your neighbor and say, they's upset. Saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And Jesus understood it, and He said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work. Turn to your neighbor and say, a good work. Upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and destroy and break yokes. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Verse 1, then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was which, where Lazarus was which had been dead whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Same setting that we just read in Matthew chapter 26. But this is John's perspective here in his book in chapter 12. Then took Mary a pound of ointment and spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. And Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me you have not always. Again, two different portions of Scripture. 
same story, different perspectives, but they give us insight into this very powerful moment. I believe we're in a very special time, church. I think we hear that a lot and kind of take it as cliche. But I I will tell you this, being raised in the church, some of the things I have seen in 2023, I've never seen before in my life. Some of the things that I have experienced personally in my walk with the Lord, I have not experienced in my life until this time, this day that we're living in. I tell you, the Lord is doing something dynamic if we will allow Him and dedicate ourselves to it. But I believe we're in a time where I can say, and I pray that you can say this as well, I want to see the glory of God. I want to see all that God has to offer. You say, what does this have to do with this story? We're we're going to get there. But how many of you would lift your hand and say, I want to see the glory of God? How many would keep that hand raised and say, I want more of God? How many would say, I want to see revival? I want to see souls saved. I want to see lives healed. I want to see lives delivered. Amen. I believe that many of you, if not all of you, under the sound of my voice tonight, desire those things and desire to see that come to pass. But the Lord began to minister to me in this room last night as I began to pray and call on Him on a simple principle. And I'm going to preach to you the the title tonight, Bless Me. Bless Me. Turn to your neighbor and say, He ain't talking about you. Someone's like, oh gosh, what is he about to get into? Bless me. In this portion of Scripture, Jesus begins to divulge to us after this incident, after this encounter that he had with this woman that we know through John's perspective is Mary, the mother of, or not the mother, but the sister of Lazarus. And he says in Matthew, in our writings in Matthew, he says... Wherever the gospel is preached, and this is found through all the gospels. This is in every gospel. This is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this story. But Jesus says in Matthew 26, wherever this gospel is preached, this woman will be mentioned. How many would say that would, that's quite an honor for the Son of God to say, wherever my gospel is preached, they're going to remember you. That would be quite an honor. He said, it would be as a memorial unto her for what she has done to me and for me. Hear me tonight. I want you to understand something very clearly tonight that how you come in to this this house, this assembly is very important. It is not something we should take for granted. It is not something we should take lightly. As I've been saying the last few Wednesdays in conclusion, is if you expect pastor to get up and have a word prepared, you should be prepared to receive such word. And you should be prepared to set such an atmosphere with this worship team in unity. I want you to know that, that we think all oh, the worship team's leading us. Well, technically, it's supposed to get into a place where we're leading one another where we're in unity, where the choir is the congregation and the worship team just has the mics. That's the only difference. But we should be preparing an atmosphere for the Word to be delivered and the Word to be received. It's very important how we come into God's house. 
But I think in the modern church era in this nation, uh, we come to the house of the Lord and I, I want you to understand me. I think expectancy is powerful. It is good. I'm not saying that's wrong, uh, but I, I'm going to point out something specific. There are times, uh, I, I know that the Bible says we're to make our needs known to the Lord. We're to petition. We're to, to go into intercession. I believe those things. Uh, hear me tonight. Uh, but how many times is Jade Abrams himself, myself, uh, how many times have I come into the church uh, and I've said, God, I I want you to bless me. I want you to bless me. You say, what's wrong with that? I'm not saying there's technically anything wrong with that, but I want you to understand some principles in this story I just read to you because this is, this is a woman that has, has been blessed by God. She's, she's seen Jesus do miraculous things. In the chapter previous, in John chapter 11, she saw her brother raised from the dead. This is, this is a woman that has seen something great. I want you to know that we as believers have experienced something great already. Jesus has already won the victory. He's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Uh, he's already defeated your sin. There's wonderful blessings uh, that we already have, but oftentimes uh, we come into the church house and say, God, uh, I want you to just bless me, bless me. It's all about me, me, me. Hey, I've done it. God, I want to feel your presence. Why? So you can feel a spiritual high. I want you to know this. His presence is great, but His glory will mark you. Moses come down from, the, from, uh, from, from Mount Sinai and they had to cover his face. Why? Not because he had been in the presence of God. He had been in the presence of God multiple times before. But the Bible tells us in Exodus 33 that he saw the glory of God. And it marked him and it changed him. What are you getting at, preacher? Hear me. I'm not, this is not all just challenging, but I think we, we lose focus of who God really is. Because understand this, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to tell you the truth in love, and then I'm going to encourage you. Here's the truth. We are not worthy of redemption. I'm not worthy to be set free from my sins. I am not worthy to be delivered from addictions. I am not worthy of any of these things. But yet Jesus came and while I was yet a sinner, He still died for me. And because of His blood, I have been made a child of God, thus making me a joint heir with Jesus Christ, which means I have been made worthy. But understand, the Bible tells us in, in the writings of James, he says, those who humble themselves before the Lord, those are the ones that are lifted up. And oftentimes we come into the presence of God and we say, give me, 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 me, God, me, God, build me up, me, me, me. But this woman comes into this house in, our, in this chapter and she says, God, it's not about what you can give me it's what I can give you Jesus says this woman has done a good thing you know what he's saying there this woman has blessed me 
You want to know why the devil fights praise and worship so much? Yeah, this is a praise and worship message. Uh, it's because uh, what happens is uh, in this story, Jesus uh, is overcome by this, this token, uh, overcome by this anointing that has been placed on him, overcome. He, 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 it's almost as, as if he cannot believe it. Uh, but he says, this woman has done a good thing. She has touched my heart. Uh, she has ministered to me. Uh, she has blessed me. You want to know why your praise and worship is false so much? It's because praise and worship touch the very heart of God. You say, what does that mean? Understand this. This is what that means. Jesus says this. He says, this woman has done a good thing. She has blessed me. She has ministered to me. And from now on, she will be remembered. Understand this, that when you touch of the heart of God, not only do you touch his heart and it's a great thing, but he marks your life for his glory. And he says, wherever the gospel is preached, this this woman will be remembered because she didn't, she didn't ask me to minister to her, but she came in and she ministered to me. She ministered to me. She blessed me. Why is that so important? In your Bibles in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the Bible tells us Solomon is done with the temple. It is ready for the presence of God to take its rightful place in the holy place, in the city of Zion, the city of David, the city of Jerusalem. It's an amazing thing that has been accomplished, something that has been decades in the making. And now it is time for the opening service, the opening synagogue, the opening event. It's the day, Justin. It's the day. And what happens is the people of God take the Ark of the Covenant in, the Levites take it in, and they set it in. The Bible says they set it in its place, in its rightful place. And what began to happen is they go out out of the holies of holies uh, and there's 120 priests with trumpets uh, and they begin to blast their trumpets uh, and as they blast their trumpets uh, the people begin to shout uh, and they begin to praise and you know what they begin to do? Uh, they begin to praise God. Uh, they didn't say God send it, send it, send it. Uh, no, they stood up, uh, raised up their hands. The Bible says uh, that you couldn't hear the trumpets from the voices. Uh, they all became one sound uh, and then the people began to say uh, God is good and his mercy endures forever. They begin to worship and begin to minister and to begin to bless God. And then you want to know what happened? The glory of God came down into that house so thick they could no longer worship. They could no longer preach. They could no longer sing. Why? Because they blessed the heart of God and he blessed them with his glory. And it was so thick. It was so saturating uh, that the ministers lay prostrate on the floor uh, saying we cannot do nothing uh, for God is so holy uh, God is so mighty uh, I want you to hear me tonight uh, can you come into this house uh, and say God you've blessed me enough uh, let me bless you we make things in the American church transactional God I will give you this if you give me what I want. That's not how it works. But this is what he says. He don't operate on transactions. He operates in promises. 
He says, if you praise, I'll inhabit your praise. If you worship, my spirit will move. If you come to me humbly, I will lift you up. If you cry, he told him. Solomon told him a few chapters later in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If you cry out to God and you repent of your ways and say, God, heal our land. He said, I will hear you. I will hear your land. I will touch you. Understand this. I thank God for the blessings he's given you. I thank God for the blessings that he's given me. I thank God for the blessings of this church. But understand Sunday morning, I'm not here to bless you. I may be here to minister to you. I pray that I'm a blessing to you in some sort. I pray that. But understand this, when I'm worshiping and I'm carrying on and I'm spitting like I am tonight, it's not to impress you. It's not to to get you all excited. No, I've been blessed by a God. So I'm here to bless Him. Here to bless him. Because you can say, well, I'm not called, I'm not called, and I'm not called, and you know how I feel about that. I've made that very clear. You can tell, you can lie to yourself the rest of your life and not do what God's called you to do. You you don't have to answer to me. You have to answer to God for that. But there is something that we're all called to do, and it is to worship. To worship. To worship. Hear me tonight. I'm almost done. They can come to the music. Understand this. It is amazing when God ministers to you. But what will take you to a deeper relationship and a deeper walk with the Lord is when you minister to Him. I come into this room last night. I needed a message. Be honest with you. I didn't get one. But in this room last night, the Lord just spoke to me what I'm preaching to you tonight. Just You say, oh, well, it was a message. Not really. I got three sentences written down. Been all over the place today. I've traveled like 500 miles today. Been all over the place. You say, oh, well, you turned it into a message. No, no, I'm just following the leading of the Lord. But what happened here is I began to ask the Lord for a message. I did. God, what do you want your people to hear? What do you? And the Holy Spirit began to check me. Began to say, I just, I felt convicted. I was like, God, I'm praying and here I am feeling convicted. Holy Spirit just began to speak to me very not harsh very loving he said have you ever thought about just coming in here and worshiping not asking for anything you say well I thought prayer was where we asked no 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 Prayer, you can intercede and ask for things. Don't don't get me wrong, but that's not what all prayer is. Prayer is about your relationship with the Lord. And he compares that relationship to marriage. And I want you to know, I've been married almost six years now. 
Hear me. My marriage is not transactional. And the church said, Amen. So, what do you mean? I don't come into to my wife and say, Honey, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. One, I'm not stupid, I don't want to die. But two, that's not how a relationship works. Church said amen. Because what we've become is we've become users of the presence to get a high. Instead of relational, instead of being relational and intentional with God and having something when we leave these, these walls. Oh, church was great. Understand this. Church may have been great, but you are the church. If you can't carry it out these wall, out, out, outside these walls, it really didn't do you any good. You got high. But I don't tell my wife, give me. Give me. Give me. I mean, there may be days she feels like I do that, but and you know what? She she don't she don't pick up the phone and say, give me. Jade, give me. Give me. Give me. That's not a relationship. That's called an, a business deal. Well, if you give me this, I'll give you that. But we treat God that way. And this woman comes in and they're, they're telling her, what has she done? She's done a terrible thing. This, money could, this, this ointment could have been sold and given to the poor. Jesus said, no, she did a good thing. Because she blessed me. She ministered to me. She ministered to me. He even uses this word, she anointed me. her worship the children of Israel in 2nd Chronicles 5 the glory came down not because they asked it to just because they blessed God there was no alternative motive it was just he's worthy understand this I say this as 100% truth if Jesus did nothing else for me then what he's already done he has done enough and I would still praise Him the rest of my life because I don't deserve it. But because He's worthy, I'll praise Him. And why is it so important that you worship in this manner? You come into the house of God in this manner. It's not, listen, understand this. The Bible says, you seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Matthew 6 and 33. And all these other things will be added unto you. It is it is how heaven works. It's not transactional. It's a promise. If you keep me first, listen, I've found if I keep him first, there are needs I don't have to pray about. He takes care of. You're going to say, what? Yes. 
There are things that I, I just come in and I, I just have to focus on Jesus and I don't know how to pray for him, but he takes care of them because I choose to keep him first. It's a principle of heaven. But it's so important how we come into this house. Young people, hear me. I don't want you to grow up and think, well, Pastor Jay was crazy. I want you to grow up and think, man, my pastors, Pastor Ron, Pastor Jay, they worshiped. Because understand, Jesus said, wherever the gospel's preached, she'll be remembered. She'll be remembered as what? She, he didn't say, she'll be remembered as a great preacher. She'll be remembered as an evangelist, as an intercessor. She'll be remembered as, as just a great woman of God. Uh, no, she'll be remembered as a worshiper. And if I died tomorrow, I thank God for the opportunities He's given me to preach. But what I want my children to say is my father worshiped. He touched the heart of God. I want the Lord to remember me. Because at the end of the day, there's more to this story in Luke chapter 10. I didn't get there. I'll just paraphrase. Jesus is at Bethany again, but he's at Lazarus' house. Mary and her sister Martha and her brother Lazarus are all there. And Martha's working away in the kitchen and she's working and she's working and she's working. The Bible says she had all kinds of things going on. Doesn't it sound like us? had a conversation today with a minister and I said, why are we so busy? This is ridiculous. Uncalled for. Uncalled for. I was like, listen, I, he, we, we began to talk and I said, if my girls don't want to play sports, understand this, I love sports. But at this point with what God's doing in this nation, I don't give, I don't give a rip about what's going on on the sports field. I, I, listen, I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't really care what's going on with the Ohio State Buckeyes right now. I don't care what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts or the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I, I'll just be honest with you, I don't care. Because if I'm too busy to get my children in the house of God, I have failed. You love me? I'm telling you the truth. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to say, oh, they were a great ball player. They were a great congressman. They were a great senator. Guess what? Never led anybody to Christ. Never got a hold of the presence of God. Never were filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? That's a life not well lived. If you ask me, this woman was known because she worshipped. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because he worshipped. Why did the glory fall in 2 Chronicles? Because they worshipped. Why did the walls fall around Jericho? It's because they worshipped. So when we come into this house, it blesses my heart to see y'all here. Understand that. I'm not saying you can't be a blessing to others, but don't let that be your motive.
Because I, I can be like Martha. I can be so busy. Jesus, she come to Jesus and said, Mary's not doing anything. And he said, she's actually doing the right thing. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, gleaning from him. And if you find this, Luke 10, she's at the feet of Jesus. John chapter 12, she's at the feet of Jesus. John chapter 11, when Lazarus is dying, she runs and falls at the feet of Jesus. That's where I want to be. Hey, that's where I want to be. Why? Because if you come humbly, He will lift you up. You know what Jesus said to her? Not only will I remember you, you know what He said to her in the chapter before? Know this, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. Did I not tell you that you would see the glory of God? Stand with me tonight. Can I make you a promise? Can I make you a promise? I got one person who wants a promise. Can I make you a promise? It's not going to be like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you go. Not everybody gets a car. I ain't got that kind of money. But here's what I can promise you. If you worship in spirit and in truth, unadulterated, uninterrupted. I'm telling you, sometimes you just got to come in, you got to close your eyes and you've got to tell yourself, don't think about nothing, self. Don't think about nothing but what Jesus has done for you. If you come in that way, you'll see the glory. Can I promise you that? You'll see the glory. Your children will see the glory. And understand this, I don't want your children just to be saved. That's great. That's the ultimate gift. But I want them to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need that today more than ever before. Because I'll tell you, salvation is great, but that Holy Spirit will keep you. You'll see the glory. Can I promise you that? Hey, Garrett, you'll see the glory. Carly, you'll see the glory. Emma, TJ, you'll see the glory. Sarah, you'll see the glory. Dan, you'll see the glory. Can I promise you? Chris, you'll see the glory. If you will come in and say, God, I'm going to bless you. Read the Psalms. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. Let His praise continually be in my mouth. Let everything in Psalms 150 that have breath praise the Lord. Doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. If you've got to crawl, get to the feet of Jesus. Bless Him. Anoint Him with, his, with your worship. Anoint Him with your worship. Pour it out on Him. 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 Can you stop playing for a second, Maddie? There's a song that been listening to lately. Landon sent it to me years ago. It says, I am here for you to worship you. This moment will not pass me by because I'm in love with you. 
in all of you. I give myself, I give myself away. I want you to know that you're in a time you can continue to play where you say, God, I'm here for you. I'm here to worship you. And I will not let an opportunity pass me by to worship you. Someone called you to these altars not to pray, but to worship. Can we worship together? Can I ask you to come to these altars if you're willing? And stand across these altars and we're going to worship together. I'm not going to embarrass you. Because at the end of the day, she wasn't remembered by her past. She wasn't remembered by anything other than how she worshiped. Worship. Can I hear your voice tonight? Lord, everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.